Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Okay, so the last time I was up here, um, I just want to make three points before I get started. Last time I was up here, I was talking about my arm that was broken, that was miraculously healed. Um, the shoulder, however, is still in progress. Uh, it still hurts a little bit, but I've got way more movement than I used to. So that's awesome. The second thing I wanted to mention is last time I was up here, I was told to behave myself. I was not told that this time. And no, it doesn't carry on from the last week, Aaron, no. So um, the third thing I want to talk to you about is something that's been deep on my heart. And this is that. I really want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. I really want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. And I've been praying for that for a very long time. Problem is my brain doesn't work quite like everybody else's. And some of you can identify with this and some of you can't. So I'm just going to give you a tiny example. I want you to imagine that there's a gigantic cardboard box right around here about this big and it's empty and I have a gun. And in that gun is 100 ping pong balls. And I fire all of those ping pong balls into the box at the same time and then close the lid. All you will hear is That's what goes on in here all the time, non-stop. I have a really hard time focusing, really hard time, which is really difficult and has caused me a lot of troubles during school, but especially during worship, because I can't concentrate on the Father, I can't concentrate on the Spirit, I can't concentrate on things that are being said. Sometimes I'm lucky, I get into the Spirit. Now, the Lord has been working with me very hard over the last few years, and I'm feeling Him calling me deeper and deeper into a relationship with Him. So... I want to give you an example, a very quick example of what an average, not always, but an average prayer session looks like for me anytime I'm in a prayer session. So I'm just going to have a seat because usually I'm sitting there. And uh, it sort of starts out really good and then I go off the rails. So it looks like this. God, I love you. God, I really love you. God, you're good. God, you are good. God, you are really, really good. You know what's good? Funnel cakes at Wonderland. You know, those are so good. And you know what? I remember once I bought two of them, and my kids didn't want to eat them, so I ate them both. So they both got, I did, I, I, I got sick. They didn't get sick. But I couldn't go on that teacup ride. That teacup ride was amazing. So my girlfriend, she went on the teacup ride with the kids. Oh, I miss my girlfriend. I guess we broke up for a reason. I'm not entirely sure why, but it's for the better. I'm sure it was. Anyway, I heard she started smoking, got a little fat. That's okay. I've got a little bit of a chub myself, but I haven't quit smoking yet. And if I quit smoking, I'm going to get fatter, and I don't want to get fat because fat is bad. My dad's fat, and oh my God, he's unhealthy. He's got diabetes. He's got gout. Hang on, somebody just said amen, and everybody's putting on their clothes. What happened? Uh, amen, and I'm just going to walk out. God bless. Smile at everybody, and go outside, have a cigarette, and just bask in shame. Um, So that's usually how my prayer goes in any given prayer group. So I've asked God to calm my mind. Now that's a difficult thing to do, especially somebody that's had a mind that's gone all over the place. A few weeks ago, Aaron sent me a text. And the text from Aaron was, God is going to give you a miracle. Now when Aaron says God is going to give you a miracle, if you know Aaron, you know that God speaks through Aaron incredibly well. So when he said, you're going to get a miracle, I believed him. And I said, what miracle? And he said, God is going to restore your mind. I'm like, wow, when? And he said, you'll know by five o'clock today. 
I took that as I'm going to look for a miracle from the time I got the text all the way till five o'clock today. So everything was a miracle. I'm looking at the battery on my, on my cell phone, 50%, that's pretty much normal. Nothing to get all excited about. Oh, but the power in my laptop's at full charge because it's plugged in. Okay, never mind, that's not a miracle. Um, I was looking for miracles everywhere. Finally, five o'clock rolls around, I'd get in the car with Aaron and Aaron. I tell Aaron, I haven't seen a miracle yet today. And he said, that's because I told you it would happen at five. Okay, it's gonna happen at five. What's gonna happen, Aaron? And Aaron was super, super, super excited. Super excited and, if, don't mind me saying, super nervous as well. And he said, what I'm gonna do is I've got to place both my hands on the side of your head and pray over you and we're gonna restore your mind. And as we're driving home before he does this, the ping pong balls were going nuts. How do I act after he's prayed over me? Am I supposed to glow? Am I gonna levitate? Do I put the window down so do I have clammed on my shoulder? Not that shoulder, this shoulder, but what happens when he prays over me? Is anything going to happen? We pull into a parking lot and he does exactly as he said. If you've ever been prayed over by Aaron, it starts off quiet, but as the spirit fills him and he gets the word, he gets louder and louder and louder. So there we were in a parking lot, one man with his hands on both sides of another man's head, screaming at him. It could not have looked any worse to anybody. And that's all right, because we parked next to a big black SUV, so maybe we could see at least one way. Anyway, he prayed over me, and then he immediately asked me, do you feel any different? And the answer was yes, because I felt incredibly weird. Um, nothing, nothing had settled in yet. And so he asked, I said to him, listen, I've just got to go home and process all of this. This is like too much for me right now. I've got to go home and process. So I went home and I prayed. And when I prayed, I felt God say to me, Nathan, I want you to say out loud everything that your brain does that's stopping me from having a personal relationship with you. So, I, by the way, God has an English accent. Um, so I, 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 I started speaking these things as loud as I could. And after I'd finished speaking all of these things, I felt God say to me, I've taken care of all of those now. You don't have to worry. So the next day comes and I'm getting text messages from Aaron. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I'm like, I'm feeling okay, I guess. The whole day goes by, I didn't notice the thing. The next day comes around, Aaron's gonna pick me up from work. So I go, okay, I'm going to work. God, today's the day we're gonna test out the new brain. Because obviously I'm thinking work-wise. Now, I'm not the bluest smurf in the village. So what God had to remind me of is the day I, before, the whole day, I got it, was, it wasn't a day off, it was a day working at home. I got two days worth of work done in one day. I had a prayer session with God uninterrupted by the ping pong balls. And I did my devotions that morning, which did not last four hours. It was half an hour, good, it was a good half an hour. And I found myself getting into the spirit more. And so I felt really happy and I got in the car with Aaron and we drove to work and I had an uninterrupted ping pong ball day all day at work. And it's been pretty much, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's been pretty much ping pong ball free ever since. Every now and then one creeps in, but the cool thing is I can grab it and go, not today, I'm talking to my Lord. Now, this is not just a miracle for me, this is a miracle for everybody listening. Whether it be mental health, and it doesn't have to be something extreme like alcoholism, drug addiction, whether they be prescribed or recreational, you can be a workaholic. You can have all of these obstacles in front of you that stop you 
hinder you from having a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you want to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, there is nobody on this planet or above that wants that relationship more than he does. So as soon as you can identify, or even if you can't, but if you can identify those boundaries, I recommend that you ask you to get prayer for them. God won't move those boundaries out of the way. He'll absolutely obliterate them. And you have to believe in that in order to have a close relationship with him because that's exactly what he wants from you. He wants you, all of you, plus anybody out there, he wants to have that close relationship with you. I pray that you get that relationship. I'm on that path. I'm walking that path. And I am blessed for it. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Wow, praise God, eh? You know what's cool about that story, too? Like, I know he talked about... Um, you know, that whole prayer, all that kind of stuff. Do you know that I was actually praying and I was just praying at home and it wasn't even something I was thinking about and then God just like, um, Nate's mind is going to be healed today and this is what I want you to do. And then he told me what to do. Isn't that cool? So God actually initiated everything. So God actually had a plan for Nate and God actually cares about Nate. So sometimes when we pray, he brings to remembrance people, right? And then we pray into those things. You've seen tons of experiences like that and heard tons of those things here at church, right? With different ones and different things that God has done in that prayer time. So that's an encouragement to the body. And I think that God needs to get all that glory out of that, eh? And you know what? He's going to get the glory out of Nate's life because Nate is a new focused individual. And I think the enemy wanted to stop him from moving forward with something that he needs to be able to engage his mind with that God needs to do in his life. And isn't that amazing that God would do something like that? It's so wonderful. And then um, uh, let's get into, actually, you know what? Let's have another testimony. Um, Rhoda, do you want to come up and give a testimony as well? Isn't this good stuff, guys? These are God things that happen today. This is good. Well, this isn't going to be as colorful as Nathan's, and I apologize. But I, for what I'm about to say, I give God all the honor and all the glory. When I was born, I was born in a little northern town first, and I was born a month early, and my bowels knotted, and my abdomen swelled way up, and they told mom that they didn't have anything small enough to operate on me. I weighed about four pounds. And back in 1952, that was quite a deal. Today, it's not important, and most everywhere has the equipment and whatever to operate on you. So anyway, they said to mom, you might as well take her home for the few hours you have left because she won't live until we can get her to Toronto and we can't operate on her. So mom took me to the church and the ladies had gathered and they prayed for me. And after a while, mom got too tired to carry me around, even though I was only four pounds, and she gave me to a lady. I think it was the pastor's wife. I don't remember much from those days. And uh, they said, Mabel, she's dead. 
There's no heartbeat. She's not breathing. She's dead. And mom says, no, she's not. I won't accept that. And she went into the parsonage and prayed until the Lord told her that he would heal her baby. And he did. My heart started beating. I was breathing. My tummy went down. And about two months later, same thing happened again. My tummy swelled up and I was crying. And Mom says, oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. If Mommy could make you better, she would. And she said that the Lord told her in the same tone of voice, no, but Mommy could believe, can't she? And she said, yes, I can. And she prayed. And my tummy went down and never had another problem since. And then the next thing I remember is my back was very sore and I just didn't want anybody to get near me. And uh, so it happened that I was in Toronto with a friend and we ended up going to a healing service. And they said, does anybody here have severe back pain? And my friend, gave me the elbow and says, get up there, you got bad back pain. So I went up and they sat you on a chair and measured your legs and sure enough, one leg was shorter than the other. So they prayed and that leg grew out and it was sort of like a tingling and I watched it grow out about an inch and my back pain went away. And then about 10 years ago, I was putting, making spots to put away pool equipment and I didn't realize that this chair was supporting a shelving unit that had a full-size truck axle balanced across the top. And had I not been bending over, anyway, when I moved the chair to make room to put the solar blanket, then the shelving unit tipped and the axle came down. Unfortunately, I was bending over, so it hit the back of my head, knocked me out, of course, hit the, a two by four and a two by two and flung them against my hip and broke it as well as broke the wood. And uh, the people at work, because that was where I ended up on the surgical floor, says, oh, she'll never come back to work. You won't be able to work after this. Well, I did. I worked for six years. No problems. I still haven't had any problems with my hip. It has been totally healed. And then a couple years ago, I slipped on the ice and hurt my back and ended up with spinal stenosis and uh, went to Billy Burke's meeting and I was healed of that spinal stenosis. My back has been healed ever since then. Then last, starting last May, I started getting nausea and dizziness and I was so dizzy I couldn't eat. I lost, 10, I lost 20 pounds in two months, July, June and July. And I had, I had to walk with a cane because I was so unsteady. 
Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They did all sorts of tests. They did uh, two ultrasounds, an MRI, blood work, um, and they still didn't know what it was. But the one thing they did discover was that I had cysts on both ovaries. And I'm praying I, they're going to be doing a, another follow-up on September the 4th. So I'd appreciate your prayers that when they read that ultrasound, there won't be any lumps there. Jesus lives within me, and I know he is able to heal that. <clears throat> and the other problem I have is a head tremor. And the doctors, again, don't know what's causing it. But Jesus knows, and he is able to heal it. And I have unsteadiness due to that and a few other symptoms. But again, I'm praising Jesus and I'm believing him to heal me completely. Thank you. And just, just hold on one sec, Rhoda. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know, like Rhoda, even over the last two weeks, I don't know if we can put that slide up about the, um, the prayer on Tuesday. But Rhoda's been coming out to, um, to prayer on Tuesday. And when people are coming out to prayer, there's an opportunity to have God do something for each one of us, right? And it's a time to pray for our nation. It's a time to pray for our church. It's a time to pray for a lot of things. But there's also a time to be ministered to through prayer. And so Rhoda has come out the last, um, you know, the last two weeks. Do you want to just share a little bit about what that experience has been, how that, um, that has been an encouragement, like the last two weeks of just, just quickly? Um, well, Aaron and the group that were out for a prayer meeting prayed for me. My neck gets very sore, very stiff from the shaking, and that left. It came back, but it left. And if it hadn't been for the prayers of a few of the ladies, Sheila, Barb, uh, Debbie, and I hope and I know there are others, but I don't know who all you were that was praying for me. Aaron, of course, and Carrie. But I thank for all the help and all the strength that God has given me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here. Yeah. Amen. So thank, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you, Rhoda. So those of you guys uh, that just want to know on Tuesdays, right? The doors open at seven. So that's what we're doing. We're doing it at seven so that people want to talk in prayer. We have that time to talk, but we want to really set a specific time for those that are just like, look, I really just want to get into prayer. So it's like 730. We're praying. Okay. And we're praying until nine. The reason why we're saying until nine is because we want to people have people feel like they can walk away and not feel like oh my gosh, am I interrupting the flow of what's going on here? Because sometimes we go late. And if we go too late, right, some people go, well, I don't think I can come to prayer because it goes too late. So we're making it very straightforward. 
You've got an hour and a half window of time if you want to come out to prayer where we really are just focusing strongly on prayer. And even at nine, if God's moving and doing stuff, we can go late, guys. There's no limitation on how late we can go. But the thing is, we have to desire what comes through prayer. You know what comes through prayer? What comes through prayer is his anointing. What comes through prayer is every bondage broken. What comes through prayer is everything that you can possibly have as freedom in your life. That will come through prayer. And if you guys don't even know this, but like uh, some of you do and some of you don't, but um, on, on Sundays, we're praying before. And if you want to come to prayer before, we're, we're starting prayer at 10. We start at 10 and we go till 10, 15. And we're doing that because we want to pray that God will be here today that he will move through today. Because we can go about serving and acting and putting on a show or doing whatever you want to call it. But if we don't interact with our Heavenly Father, right, we're not doing anything. We're not doing any justice, right? We're just kind of sitting there. And uh, so um, I don't want to be a discouragement. What I want to be is uh, an encouragement. And the encouragement is that, you know, um, first, don't feel obligated Um, because it kind of sounds maybe like I am making an obligation, but don't feel obligated because it's out of a a heart of love and out of a part of of wanting to get um, closer to God that we should want to pray. Also, that he would want to, that you would seek him and want to get things restored in your life. That's another reason why you can come um, to prayer because when you get restored, you get closer to him. You get more attracted to him. You get more attracted to his presence. You get more attracted to what he does. And so if you come out on on Tuesdays, I guarantee that you're not coming out to just sit there. You're coming out to engage, right? You're coming out to really seek out God and seek him out for others and um, the city and all that stuff, but you're also seeking it out for your own life. So if you need prayer for things, Tuesday's the day to get your prayer for things. So if you want corporate prayer and you want people praying for you, for something in particular, come out on Tuesday, make it known what you need prayer for, and we want to pray for you. Because we bring up things constantly in prayer that we want to pray for. And you know what? God's a deliverer and God does it. And that's actually what I want to bring up today. So we had a testimony from Nathan, which was literally a few weeks ago. We've got a testimony from uh, Rhoda over the course of a life that she has had constant healings that have been taking place. She's participating in going to prayer to seek out another healing that she's needing in her own life. She's got the faith to believe that God is going to bring all the, the, the fullness um, in her life. And then we've also got in Scripture, we've got this going on. And so I really want to just go into a few Scriptures here. So let's go into Matthew 8, 1 to 16. And I want to highlight the element of Jesus when he walked on the earth, you know, what he did. What did Jesus do when he walked on the earth? What were his, his goals? What did he accomplish? And so we see here in Matthew 8, 1 to 16, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So we can see that Jesus healed the leopard. He was just going about, walking, walking and doing his day, and somebody came up to him, and then Jesus reached out, and he touched him. And then it says, and Jesus said to him, 
See that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priests and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the other darkness. In that place there will be weeping, gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. Oh my gosh, hold on. <laughs> so many things going on there, you know? And what do we do every day, right? Well, I just hope that one day, one day, I'm going to have the money to just be able to maintain the things that are going on in my life. I'm just going to make it. I'm just, and you, we're praying to God, God, just allow us to make it. Just, just allow us to just have this one, mo this one thing that we need in our life. Do you know that God cares so much? He cares so much for each one of us. Like, look at what Jesus was doing. Look what he's busy doing. He's being busy. He's being busy in people's lives, but he's doing like a healing. He's like literally going about. He's just like, boom, healing, boom, healing, boom, healing, Boom, healing. And then everybody's coming. And then they're like, I've got another thing. I've got another thing. I've got another thing. Bam, 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 bam. Everybody's getting healed. And so that's, that's what happens, right, when Jesus enters a place, right? He allows for transformation to take place. And this is what we see in the scripture. And uh, so we're in chapter 8. We're already at 16. So let's just jump just a little bit further down in the Bible, just a little smidgen further. Let's go to Matthew 9, 1 to 8, okay? So this is not even that much further in the Bible, okay? And we all have this Bible, all right? We're all reading it. So, um, yeah, so anyways, Matthew 9, 1 to 8. Getting into a boat, um, actually, hold on. So what I wanted to mention with that was, like, when you think about it, we don't emphasize the importance of all the Scripture, we're not highlighting the true value of it. So if I was to say, um, you know, uh, like let's say you go into, um, let's say you go into like Best Buy, right? And when you go in there, um, they have marketing, right? So in that marketing, what do you see? You see uh, different things that, that, are, that are there, right? Uh, so you'll see like maybe the phone section in the front, or you see the um, the TVs on the on the left, right? Or um, I think now they've got like even washers and dryers and such like that. Um, but what I'm trying to get at here is, what do you see at the front? What is it that you're seeing in the front of the store? Is it, you know, um, just 
something um, in God's scripture about finances? Is it something in scripture about, um, you know, our hearts? Is it something in scripture about apologetics? Is it something in scripture about prayer? Like, what, what are the main things, and what is it that, um, that we should emphasize and highlight? And so that's what I'm trying to get at is you can see right here that the scripture, like when Jesus walked on the earth, it literally is a healing after a healing after a healing, after a healing, healing, healing. So what I'm trying to get at is it's not in the back corner. Healing is not in the back corner. And it should never be in the back corner because when Jesus comes, he comes to restore. And it's not just healing in regards to your physical well-being. It's, regard, it's regarding healing of all things in our life. You know, healing of, you know, there was demon-possessed things. There were, you know, there's mental health things. There's healing with just even like, um, like you could say, healing within uh, finances in the sense that there's poverty. Healing in different things that the devil is trying to ensnare people with. That God came to bring about a form of healing. And that's why when we read the good news, the good news is full of news. It's full of rich context and texts that relate to things that Christ does, and Christ is doing those things today, and Christ is wanting to continue to emphasize the importance of it and bring into the forefront the things that matter the most. And so if we take the context of what the scripture is saying and we say, I want to not, you know, invalidate or maybe not even you know, maybe we don't invalidate, but instead of taking a focus on it, we're putting it in the back corner. I don't even want to do that. I want to put the scripture where the scripture has emphasized the importance of that particular passage and make it for what it's worth. I want to have the scripture mean what it is supposed to mean. And that should be the desire of our hearts because, yes, Jesus did many teachings. He did many teachings throughout the gospels, but he also performed things. And so whenever he taught, he performed and so there was this constant situation that was happening where freedom was brought in and a teaching was brought forward. And there was a constant working in the heart of a man. And there was a constant change that was going on inside of that person. And so that's why I'm saying, like, literally, just a few verses down and we're already getting into more healing. So let's just read through that. So Matthew uh, 9, 1 to 8. Um, actually, you know what? Before I go into, I just, I feel like I got to emphasize that point a little bit more clear. Are we getting it? Do you guys, I don't know. Are we getting it? Okay. Um, like when I think of, okay. So when I think of, um, another way to put it would be like, when I think of like going over to my friend's house, right? Let's say that what I like to do is I like to play games, okay? So I like to go out and play road hockey um, let's say I want to go in and I want to play a video game. I want to put on a show. I want to play some guitar. I want to do something fun, right? So let's say I like playing games when I go over, right? And that's what I do. That's what my friendship is built around. So I go over to my friend's house. And instead of playing games, I'm sitting there and I get into a really extremely deep conversation with my friend, right? And so my friend's sitting there and goes, you know, I really like a deep conversation with you, but what I'm actually hearing is like, you know, too much of it. Like, 
what was our friendship built on and what are we doing? You know what I mean? Because he'd just get annoyed. And then the next time I come to him and I, I'm, I'm totally, you know, throwing away the idea of even playing games with him. I'm just having a deep conversation. And I find that in a lot of churches and in a lot of places of worship where we are honoring God, we're not honoring him and we're not valuing the way he intended it to be valued. He's not, he's not wanting to, you know, uh, reject us because we focus on a certain aspect of him and we emphasize only those aspects of him, but he wants us to appreciate the things that he really wants us to appreciate in who he is. And so we have to make sure that we have a proper way of walking through our day with him, right? And so, you know, we can engage in different kinds of behaviors. Like I know lots of people that are Christian that'll say, I'm a Christian and I know the word back and forward. But then I ask them, what do you pray about? And they say, I don't really pray because I'm just studying the word of God. And I'm going to be so theologically sound in my head that I'm going to understand more than you about the scripture. And I'm going to say, well, you kind of missed the boat because the boat wasn't built around you just understanding a passage of scripture. And you actually can have theologians that are actually so far away from God, but it's because they understand one element of him, but they're not getting the truth of what he was actually intending to do, which was relationship right? So there's all these different pieces when it comes to understanding. I think, I think that probably brought it a little bit more clearly um, to, uh, to everybody here, is it's about trying to live a way that allows God to be God the way that God wants to be God in your life, and not picking and choosing based on your own preferences and basing it on your limitations in yourself, we're saying we want to be challenged and we want to be able to be people that walk the true walk, whatever that is in the gospel. We want to live the gospel in its fullness. We want the reality of the gospel to be what it is. And so that's part of that, um, that dynamic there. So in Matthew 9, 1 to 8, it says, Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city, and they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to to that paralytic, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes said to themselves, this fellow blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And he got up and went home. But when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Isn't that awesome? And literally in that exact same chapter, so we're not going to go into another chapter. We're just going to go a little further into the chapter, into Matthew 9, 18 to 33. And we see here, while he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did his disciples. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be well. 
But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. When Jesus came into the official's house, are you guys getting a picture here? I'm going to keep going. But what I'm trying to get at here is you heard a story from Nathan. You heard a story from Rhoda. Do you guys know that when we have these healing services on a monthly basis, that we need to have stories of things that Jesus is doing? Like this is a reflection of what the gospel is doing. When we get up and we testify of the, the, the thing that God has done, we're giving glory to him. We're giving glory to God when we get to have these experiences where Jesus has moved in and shaped and grown in our lives. And so that's what we're doing on, on this Sunday. We're able to do that. We're emphasizing what had been happening um, in this last uh, bit of time. And we should continue to seek that out and say, what wonderful thing is God going to do next? Because I'm excited for what thing he wants to heal next. And if you're saying, well, all I'm doing is coming to church on Sunday. All I'm doing is just doing my own thing at home. Well, go to prayer. Go to corporate prayer because there's power in prayer. And it's in the time of prayer and, 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 and worship and seeking him where you actually get the freedom. Do you know that there's going to be testimonies that are going to come out of big church as a result of people living the gospel? That there's going to be different testimonies. So when you know people that need help, what do you say to them? Oh, you know what? You should just pray about it. No, you should come to prayer on Tuesdays. You should come to, you know, um, our healing service, you know, in the, in the month. You should come out and you should experience God and let God touch your life. So, um, okay, anyway, so let's go on here. So if I only touch it, yeah, so let, where are we? But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered and took her by the hand and the girl, oh, sorry. When Jesus came into the official's house, and saw the flute players. Am I going too far? Okay. Um, the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, leave, for the girl has not died but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, so you see, like, people are laughing at him, right? Like, because everybody has a different way of thinking. But it's like Jesus literally just went, right to the point, you know what I mean? And he was able to get that freedom for this person. That's a really cool story. Um, and they began laughing at him, but when the crowd had been sent out, so he sent out the laughers, um, he entered and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. So this news spread throughout all that land. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, carrying, um, <clears throat> followed him, carrying out um, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done to you according to your faith. And the eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout all the land. As they were going out, a mute, demon-possessed man was brought to him, after the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed and were saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Now we're going to go a bit further. So Matthew 12, 9 to 15. Departing from there, he went into their synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? 
so that they might accuse him. And he said to them, what man is there um, among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and it was restored to normal like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him, and he healed them all. Amazing. Another whole encounter of just constant healing that had been taking place. And then, uh, you know, a little bit further in that um, book, um, so Matthew uh, 12, 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. Matthew 15, um, 29 to 31. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there, and large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Amen. Those are all the scriptures I want to bring out. Guys, there's so many more. Do you know how many scriptures there are on healing? And do you know that they, they sound like testimonies? They sound, the, the scripture is a testimony of that person. And if you want to live scripture today, we mimic what we're seeing, right? And what we're seeing in that scripture is that God had said that, you know, I went about and as I went, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Are you pressing for a miracle? Are you pressing to see God move in your life do you want to see it happen? Are you going to challenge yourself to say, I'm going to give this a shot, and I'm going to see if I can pull on God this way and pull on him and have him restore me? And I can tell you right now, it is real, and it happens. I, was, I remember back in the day when um, there was a guy, really nice, just gentle spirit guy, this older dude, and I was uh, in between jobs at this time, and I was working um, for, uh, um, it was like, just like folding flags and stuff like this. Anyways, he went, I brought him out and just said, hey, come out to Billy Burke, or not Billy Burke, Billy Smith. Um, we just have a healing service with this guest speaker that came out. And you know that he came out and his ears were restored, right? Like, just put his finger in his ears, they're restored. Things like this happens. You know, I remember um, actually when we did a, we did a prayer night when, when we were a bunch of youth and there's this um, young girl, her name, um, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to say just, um, but she came, we were at her, her place and we were all there and we were just praising God and worshiping him, kind of like going into the late hours. And I remember God just like clearly showing me, like just put your fingers in her ears, pull them out and then, you know, and she wasn't able to hear in both of her ears. All of a sudden, boom, she could hear. She liked playing the piano. She could play it by vibration. She couldn't actually hear it. Um, but all of a sudden, she could hear playing the piano, and she just loved it. She was able to just be on the piano and just play the keys, and she was crying in that moment. And that was something special that God gave her. 
Um, it's amazing. God just gives wonderful things. And then, um, you know, that next day she, you know, remembered like hearing, she mentioned to us about remembered hearing birds chirping out the window. And it's just amazing. Like God is just a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He loves each one of us. And, you know, he walked about and he did good news. And there's stories. There's lots of stories that God has done that he wants to continue to do. And what I'm trying to encourage you with is let's live the Bible. Let's live it out. Let's walk it out. Let's see it happen. And let's give glory to his name. Because Nate was able to get up and share something to give glory to God. Amen. This is a man that gets to walk around with no bouncing balls in his head. Isn't that amazing? You can just go up and have a conversation with him, and he can be focused on things, and he can pay attention in a different way. Like, Carrie and I have hung out with Nathan quite a bit, but, like, you know, we notice a difference in him, and we notice a difference in just simple things, just small things. Isn't that wonderful? Um, you know, and Rhoda, like, isn't that so precious? Like, those things that she'd experienced, like, as a child and growing up. And, like, it's just so wonderful. And then, but hearing, like, you know, she's standing in faith again. And we got to press in for that. We got to say, okay, God, we want that freedom and we want that fullness. And part of it is we need to be challenged in our faith. We need to say, okay, God, you know what? I am going to take a stand and I am going to believe. And sometimes we get in these ruts or we get in modes of thinking where we get stuck. Um, and so when we come to God and we get praying with him, he starts revealing our hearts and he starts showing us new ways to encounter him, new ways to experience him, and new ways to just take off the layers of complexities that we put on and we ensnare the word of God. He tries to unravel those things and he tries to make us come alive in him. And so that's, that's really what he does in all of his teachings, not just about healing, but specifically on healing, I feel like it's such a stronghold in the city of Barrie. I feel like it's such a stronghold on so many people's lives because they've not seen it. They don't have a demonstration of the power of God active. But guys, the power of God is active and it has been doing things all the time. And it is something that can be, it's a force that can definitely, that can't be reckoned with. Like, I mean, you know, it, it, it's too powerful. And the more that God comes into a situation, the more power that he makes available, you know, the more that we do the, the, the things that Jesus is asking us to do, the more that we emphasize the importance of his scripture, the more that we talk testimonies, we are allowing that, that, that scripture and that way that he built the, um, the Bible and the way that we, we grow in him, we're going to come alive again. We're going to have the strength again. You know, when we don't emphasize the importance of the Word of God, we don't emphasize the importance of the founding blocks. And I'm not talking about from a theological perspective because they're very skewed and opinionated, but I'm talking about from just a simplistic, holistic look at the Bible and its context and saying, how do we derive our lives specifically off of, you know, weighing it out for what it is? Like, how do, how do we... How do we translate that into our lives and, and really, really living that out? And, you know, when you look at that, you have to look at what parts are, fo which, you know, which things we're focusing on. And so I really hope that, that this is a good message for you. I hope, you know, you don't feel discouraged. I hope you don't feel, con you know, condemned or you feel like, you know, you've done the wrong thing in your life or you screwed things up or you should be praying more and all this. I just hope that God takes a hold of your heart 
and I hope you see the, the reality of what God wants to do in your life, and you just wake up and think, if I have a problem and, there is a, and you want a solution, you're just going to go to the source. You're going to go to the, where, to the place where that solution can be had. And I'm just telling you guys, we're building out prayer in a way that allows for God to move. So if you want to be a part of something where God can shape and change like the way that, that, that you need that change in your life, please seek it out because God wants that for your life. That's the reason why I, w I wish, you know, or not wish, the, that I hope that, that you would be compelled by, that you would just simply want that and that you would just want more things for others um, in that way. So that's what we're getting together and praying for. And I'm just telling you guys, I'd like to see some more testimonies here on our Sunday. Um, and I know that there will be more when people know where their needs can be met. And God's got the answer. And his scripture has the answer. And prayer has the answer. Because, you know, we don't have time um, to pray for people unless we make space. And so we have to find ways to make space. We can pray out, outside of just church things, which, you know, like Nathan's testimony was outside of that, but that's just because Nathan was hanging out, you know, with me, and I was going to pick him up at 5 p.m., and God told me what I needed to do at that time, and, you know, that's just the church being the church. But God gets the glory in all of this, guys. It shouldn't be something that we look to to even make it like it's, you know, anything more valuable than just adding some, just giving something wonderful to somebody's life. It shouldn't be because it is so, I don't know, like, it's, it's wonderful. It's awe-striking. Like, wow, like, that's so cool. But the, re the real awe-ness and the real wonder of that is that how much he loves us and how much he transforms a person's life and how much value he adds to that person's life. And so, like, that should be the desire that we seek is that God can add that value to our life by having that freedom and and with that freedom, we can, you know, be um, able to encourage others and give them freedom and give them that new hope. And so we just pray for that uh, so much at prayer. We pray for each one of you guys so much. And I, you know, I'm praying a lot for each one of you guys. And I just, I know that God's got so much over each one of you. I know you guys are all so important. And, uh, and I just, I'm so excited to see the God story that he has over each one of your lives, the wonderful, cool things that God wants to do through you, you know, the strength that you're going to bring, that, that the strength and, and, and the, the, the power that you get from, from having God in your life, from having him transform your life. I'm just so excited when I get to think about that and get to think about the cool things that are going to come out of different people's lives because I'm just so excited. Like, I'm excited to see what Nate, drums up with different things that he thinks about that God is showing him, like he felt hindered from um, parts of relating to God. I'm excited to see what fullness Nate is going to bring to the body. I am excited about that. I'm excited for so many, like, of each one of you guys. I really am. That's really the part that I'm excited for. Um, <clears throat> not just because it looks cool or something like that, but literally because of what you're going to get out of it and what God's going to do in you. So let's pray. I want to pray specifically for um, healing today. And if you have any sickness, so any of you guys are online or anybody that um, is just here, let's pray. 
and let's ask God for that restoration to take place and let's believe God for it. And then what I want you to do, and if you're online as well, I want you to do is I want you to test it out. It's a little bit trickier with this whole COVID thing because um, usually when I pray for people, I like to just pray one-on-one -on -one with someone because I feel more, um, I don't know, like just, I feel more engaged just because I can see someone, they tell me what this issue is and then I can pray for it. When I have to pray for multiple things, I feel like I'm just almost like blanket praying for people, you know, just pray for everybody. Like, but God does do that too. God does move in a, in a, in that way. Um, but it's just, I'm trying to get used to figuring out how to pray that way. Um, so just bear with me on that. But, um, what I'd like to try is if we can pray right now, we're going to pray for God and, and what I want you to do is if there's things that have been brought to your attention that you're like, you know, God kind of put his finger on this area and he's saying, I need to bring this to him and I need to think about this area differently. So if it's an area where maybe you just said, you know what, I'm giving up and I'm done praying for the healing over this area. Or it might be another area. It could even just be, you know, let's say it is finances and you're like, you know what, I felt like I, I just don't believe that God's able to provide anything for me. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to take that back and I'm going to say, I'm going to retract that and say, you know what, God can. And he is going to restore those finances in my life. Or if it's an area where, you know, you're going through a mental health concern and you're saying, okay, like this is something that God is bringing to my attention. I want that same healing, kind of similar to what Nate had. Then let's bring that forward and let's ask God, the God who is our healer, to do that for us. So that's what we want to press in for. And, and after we're done praying, what I want you to do is I want you to test it out. Okay? I want you to test it out and to see what, you know, what you notice in a difference. Because, you know, um, people say, well, I don't got a full healing. I don't got everything that I, I, I wanted in that moment. Well, keep seeking him. You know? It says that he is faithful to complete the work that he starts. So if you allow him to start a work in you and you see a transformation, let him be faithful to complete it. So you have to keep going to him and you have to keep saying, God, I give this to you. God, I'm handing it over to you. God, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Thank you for taking this area of my life. Thank you for showing me that this is something that is horrendous, that is a challenge, that is pain that is suffering in my life, thank you for identifying that to me and allow me to understand that I am going to be healed from this. Allow me to understand that I am going to have a transformation from this. Allow me to have an experience of being close with you and just pray those prayers. And God is going to honor those prayers that you pray and he's going to come in and he's going to touch your life and you're going to see a transformation inside of you. And as you see those transformations, you're going to live the scripture just like many people in the past had lived the scripture out. And like you've seen here today that people have gotten up and, and lived those same experiences of God doing his wonder working power. And we're going to see that happen and roll from month to month to month to month to month to month of constant transformation, of constant healing, of constant things that God is doing because God's going to get glory through it and God's going to get closer to you through it. And everybody's going to have smiles on their faces and we're going to have the good news. Amen. So let's do that. So God, we just pray right now. 
God, we pray right now. God, I just lift up everybody in big church, God. Just like what we've been praying on Tuesdays, God. Just like what we pray, Lord God, each one of us in our quiet times, Lord. Just like, Lord God, our healing services and taking a stand on healing, Lord God. Taking your scriptures and making them alive, Lord God. We pray and we speak those truths into existence today. God, we live out your word, God. We live out what you say, God. We're asking you to be God in our life. We're asking you to be the one that's going to transform that area. God, where those, those areas of pain and suffering, Lord God, those areas where people are feeling like they're so lost and so in torment or in their minds or in their bodies, Lord God, I pray and I thank you for the, the freedom of your love, Lord God. The freedom that you brought, Lord God, through your love when you died on that cross, Lord God, and you said, I paid for it all. God, I claim that right now over each person's life, that they are set free and that the cross was more than enough, that the blood you spilled on that cross of Calvary was more than enough. And you said, I gave you the Holy Spirit and that you broke the veil and you said that you go about and you seek out and you heal those, Lord God, and you heal those that need that healing and that restoration in their hearts. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your spirit right now, that your spirit is going in through uh, people online, Lord God, and just through this service, Lord God, with the different ones here. So if you just test that out right now, just test out, if you can, test out that, that area, that area that you had maybe forgotten about or just given up on, just test that out. Just seek that out and see what God is doing in there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we pray right now, Lord God, for that restoration to take place, for that complete restoration to take place right now. Just keep testing it out and keep saying and keep giving glory back to God. Just keep saying, God, God, it's all you. I thank you. If you notice a little difference, thank him for it because he is going to be faithful to complete it. Thank him for it and pray and, and thank him and just keep seeking him. Hallelujah. And don't feel so guilty all the time. When people pray and they press in for something, they feel so worrisome. It's like, well, why does this person get it and why does that person not? That's so, oh, that's so like counter biblical. Like it's just God wanted it for everyone. He built the church so that we could give it to each other. That's why we go to prayer on Tuesday, because if someone's strong, they're coming in and praying for those that may be weak. And when those weak people get strong, they're praying for people. Guys, I'm not that, that uh, you know, I can't heal a fly. You know, God is the healer. When you come to prayer, like God is going to come in and touch you. You got to believe what God does, man. He loves you and he wants to transform your life. God, we just repent for just denying you, Lord God. We just repent, Lord God, for not seeing your love, Lord God, the way that you intended it. God, we repent, Lord God, for just not being close and wanting to seek out you, Lord God. And God, that you would want us, Lord God, to come into freedom and that you would want to free us, Lord God, of all of our challenges, Lord God, and to have a close relationship. God, I pray that each one here, Lord God, as we go forth, Lord God, that we would seek out your word more holistically, Lord God. Lord God, not just from, you know, conceptual theory, Lord God, but just, just from simply reading it and allowing you to speak to our hearts, Lord God.
and allowing all of the scriptures, Lord God, to come alive within the way that you had intended them to be, Lord God. Hallelujah. God, we, we praise you, Lord God. We honor you. Let's just worship God and just seek him out because, man, he loves us so much. Like, I mean, uh, like when you get more of God and you get freedom, you get excited to want to be with him. You get more pumped. When he gives you stuff, you get more excited. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.